Wow, that was excellent, wasn't it? Yes, so wonderful, and uh, it's such a privilege to be a part of a church like this, uh, where people really put their heart and their soul into what they do, and, uh, and thank you does not ever feel uh, enough, you know, um, but I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being um, our heroes at Destiny Church and the many lives that, that have been changed and transformed and affected in so many ways, and uh, particularly over this COVID season, um, there, there have been those that have really been our champions, that have really pulled out the stops and, uh, and really made our ability to continue uh, fantastic, and so we just want to thank you. Um, it's been, in some ways, through COVID, it's been a scary time. Uh, it's been a, a time of uncertainty, a time where we don't really know what's going to happen and which way it's going to turn. And, uh, and even now, we realize that as we listen to the news that there are uh, still variants around and there's still uh, a little bit of uncertainty. So we are so grateful to God uh, for the vaccines and the program and uh, the way that that has been rolled out nationally and around the world, and uh, we just uh, say thank you to God for that, because he is always in the good things. Our God is a good God, and uh, all good things come from him, and uh, because Satan doesn't know what it is to do something good, (laughs) because everything he does, he manipulates, he tries to uh, well, he's, as we know, he's the father of lies, and uh, his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. He has, he has no other mission. He's not interested in anybody's welfare, but God uh, is the one who has a plan and a destiny for our lives, and it's so exciting, isn't it? I remember uh, hearing a story um, a, a, a long time ago. And uh, it was a story about a king. And this king had a daughter, but this daughter was was not well. And and she had a a skin complaint that really meant that she wasn't very pretty. And so there was no one wanted to marry her. And so one of the, uh, the, the people there that was the the wise person in the realm of this kingdom, came to the king and uh, they, they, well, in fact, the king had people coming from all over the world giving advice. And uh, and the advice that was given was all sorts. And whatever the advice was given, the king did it in the hope that it would be able to make his daughter beautiful again. Well, this one wise person um, was, uh, was... a little old lady. In fact, she was so old that she was hunched on her back. She walked with a uh, stick. She could hardly move. And, uh, and yet, but she said to the king, he says, what will make your daughter better again? Her skin beautiful. And the princes will be lining up all over the world to marry your daughter And the king says, what is it? What could it be? And she says, well, what it is, is you need to get every one of your subjects to come to a big pool that you will dig out. And there's nothing in it. It's just a plain pool with no water, no nothing in. But what it needs is, and she moved a bit closer, 
to the king. And she said to the king, says, what he needs is for all your subjects in the middle of the night to come with a jug of milk and for every one of them to pour the jug of milk in and it will fill the pool up and then in the morning your daughter will be able to bathe in this milk and it will make her beautiful again. Because what will happen is the love of everybody coming with their milk will cure her. So he arranges this, he builds a big pool and it's ready for the milk and then he declares what night it's going to be uh, for, the, for the, the subjects in his kingdom. Everybody were young and old, whatever uh, station in life it was that they were going to come and so midnight struck and so people were coming with their jugs and you could see them walking up and down just in the faintness of the, of the moonlight and they kept pouring uh, in from the jugs into, into the pool and gradually. And then the next morning, the king was, he couldn't wait to get up and to see this pool full of milk. But when he opened the windows to the pool, he saw that it was just water. All his subjects had come and they all thought, well, everybody else will bring milk. But it won't matter if I bring water. The problem is, Everybody thought the same. And that's the issue in church life, isn't it? That so often it's the few people that are doing everything and the many people say, so easy, isn't it, for us to do that? But that God has built his kingdom on love. And it's as we come with our jug, with our life, filled with flowing of what God's grace is in us, that as we pour out what we have, that little bit that we have, it's only a small jug, but if each of us contribute together, we can fill the pond, we can fill the pool, we can fill the church, we can fill God's kingdom with people because of what he has done. Isn't that amazing? There's a man in the Bible that we read about in the story which we've done over the past few weeks of King David. He's someone that you rarely hear about. His name appears, but he seems so insignificant. What had happened is the Ark of the Covenant, which was like the presence of God, it represented the presence of God, had been stolen. And the Philistines had taken it. Now the problem was is when the Philistines took it, they ended up with all sorts of problems. They had illnesses, they had rats infesting, they had all sorts of things. And so they realized that they, wherever they sent this Ark of the Covenant, that there was problems and there was trouble. So they decided that they were going to send it back because they were advised that it was because they had the Ark of the Covenant that God was displeased with them so that they had to send it back. So, But they were kind of thinking, maybe it's not that, maybe it's a coincidence. How many times do we think some things are a coincidence? But they're not a coincidence in God's plan because he controls all things, yes? And so what happened was is that they decided what they would do is they would build a new cart and they would put two oxen at the front of it. So instead of horses and mules, anything else. But these were oxen that had just had calves. They were mothers, new mothers. And they thought, well, what they'll do is we'll put these on the cart and then as the cart goes, we will know whether this is of God or not because if it's of God, they will go. 
and they will do a straight path back to Israel or they will not go because they are mothers and they want any mothers in the house. We know you don't want to leave your bairns, do you? So there was a natural thing. But the scripture says that they went straight back and it says they went back a neighing. Yes, they went back a lowing. In other words, that's what cows do, isn't it? Our equivalent would be we went crying. We went in grief. We went thinking, oh, I don't want to do, but, but I have to do. And sometimes in our call of God on our life, God wants us to do some things. And we just, we can go a neighing. We can go, as it were, a lowing. We can go thinking, this is not necessarily what I would do and I would put my life down for. But I know for the call of God on my life that I have to do it. Because God is one, and God is saying that to each of us today. He wants us to say, will you go even if it means the going and neighing and going alone? Well, anyway, the ark ends up back. And, um, and so, unfortunately, the people that, uh, that, that gather the ark, they look inside the ark and God is not very pleased with them. And so a lot of the people end up uh, dying as a result of that. And so eventually then what happens is Saul's made king. And, uh, and we've heard a little bit about Saul. And, uh, but then eventually he goes and he dies in battle and David's made king. And so the ark for these kind of 20 years has been in this same place. And then eventually David, who is a worshipper of God, he loves God, he loves God's house. If he was here, he would say, I love Destiny Church. And he would be, he's so excited about that. And so what he, do, what he does is he decides he wants to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And so he orchestrates it, he gets the priest, he gets the band, he's getting it, and he starts a kind of dancing and, and getting all prepared for, for, uh, for taking the ark back. But what happens is, is they put the ark on a new cart. Now, one of the things about the ark was it wasn't designed to be on a cart. It was designed, it had rings, two rings at the front on either side and two rings on the back at either side and it had a pole that was to go through it. It was meant to be carried and by, by certain people and in a certain way. And often we find that God is looking for things for us and he's saying, you're that certain person and I want that certain task for you. I want you to be able to do it in a certain way. And God does that, doesn't he? So that's how they set up. But they did it on the ark, on, on a cart, sorry. And, uh, and the, 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 the cart stumbled and there was a problem. And so this guy called Uzziah, whatever you do, don't call your name, your kids Uzziah. Okay, because he reaches his hand out to steady the ark, which you and I would think, oh, what a good thing. I would be getting worried. But God was displeased because he's saying, hey, you're not doing it in the right way. And you think you can control the outcome of this. I am in control. And so God, God is displeased. Now, David is frightened. He's scared about what has happened. And he suddenly goes, I can't do this. I can't take him. So the ark of the covenant goes into this guy's house called Obed-Edom. He is a guy that you've probably never heard of. He's hardly mentioned except in this situation and a few, a few other places he's mentioned. But what he says is the Bible says that when they put the Ark of the Covenant into Obed-Edom's house, now, he's a Levite, he's of the priestly line, but he's, he's, he's got it in there and he's got eight sons. But with the line just says this, and God blessed Obed-Edom. 
For three months it stayed there. And through that time, now what happened was is David went, hang on a minute. Obed-Edom's getting blessed. I think we need to bring the ark back to, uh, to Jerusalem. And so he sets up and has a celebration and that's what he does. He, he sacrifices at every pace and he does it with gusto and, 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 it's, and it's amazing. But what we read is, is that Obed-Edom, we read of him in so many other places. For example, yes, he was there, but then it's like he follows the ark because he's one of the ones who are part of carrying the temple gear. He's one of, <coughs> excuse me, one of the Levites that does that and that's part of, their, part of their role. That was something that God had called them to do and so that's what he did. And so he was part of that. He then talks about him being, well, uh, being a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord. He was, a, he was a steward on the door. He would have been in the car park. He was, he was a guard. He guarded the ark. He guarded God's, uh, God's precious things. He was, he was on the doors. He loved it. But not only that, he talks about he was a singer. He was involved with a singing ministry. He was involved with playing the harp. He was a musician. It seems like this guy, as you read on so many things that he's involved in, it's like this person. He's just mentioned again, Obed-Edom, Obed-Edom. That what we see is, is it's like this guy has had three months in the presence of God and it's changed his life forever. And he talks about his eight sons that they serve along with him. I want to say to you, God's presence in your life will change you forever. You will never be the same again. It will change what you want to be involved in. It will change your vision. It will change your heart. It will change who you want to spend time with. You'll be like David who said, Oh, um, I, I pray to the Lord that he would help me, that I would just spend my days in the house of the Lord. He loved the house of the Lord. He loved serving in the house of the Lord. He loved being part of it. And today, I want to ask you, will you be an Obed-Edom? We've seen many Obed-Edoms today that have come out as part of their ministry. Some are in many, many ministries. Why? Because God has changed their lives. They don't make excuses. Every single one of them could make an excuse. But today, God is looking for Obed-Edoms. Those that will say, you need someone in the kids' work, I'm there. I need someone in the youth work. I'm there. Well, you need somebody to carry this. You need somebody to go there. You need somebody to clean this. You need somebody to write that. You need, and, and, and that's how the kingdom of God is built, by little acts of kindness. And that's the ark. It represents acts of radical kindness, acts of real, genuine kindness, acts of relentless kindness. It's acts of random kindness. It's acts of God uh, to, to do it because of what God's done. Will you today, will you be a carrier of the ark? Will you be an Obedidium and say, I want the ark in my house. I want to be blessed and I need to bless in order to bless others. I pray today that as you leave here today, you will say, I want to be part and I want to be where the, the, the presence of God is. I want to be with the people of God. I want to be in the place of God. I want to be where the priests of God are. I want just the whole shebang. I don't want to miss anything of what God has for us. In Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen.
myself away Oh, I give myself away So you can use me I give myself away I give myself away So you can use me Give myself away I will never know 
So you 